Amen. Amen. Here we are again, saints. Uh, beautiful Thursday evening Bible study. We hope you got your Bibles and and, and ready to uh, hear the word of the Lord. Our, our scripture will be coming from James chapter 3. And we want to talk a little bit about the tongue this evening. That's James chapter 3 and we'll be starting at verse 1. We have learned, first of all, about faith and and, and how we are tried. And if we lack wisdom, we've been told to ask God. The purpose of this, the book of James, is to show the believers it is necessary to put outward action with inward faith. Otherwise, your faith will accomplish nothing. Last week, we learned not to be a respecter of person with faith. And most of all, faith without works is dead. Chapter 3 is about controlling the tongue while exercising faith. The first 12 verses of James 3 talks about the tongue and how untamed it is. Then it talks about wisdom. Let's speak about the tongue. I think we all can admit at some time or another, we have said things we shouldn't have. Some things we shouldn't have. There are times when we just lost control and other times when we didn't care. No matter how spiritual you are or how saved you are, no matter how sanctified you are, we all have had tongue issues. And I don't mean speaking in another or unknown tongue. I'm talking about talking in a language you know very well. So first, verse one says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. This first verse can go as far as, everyone is not a teacher. And as a teacher, don't try to do everything. There are still some that need to be taught. Ephesians tells us that God has given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. No one should take the position of teaching on his own. Self-appointed teachers in the church should not be. Self-appointed is not what God has set up. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 told us God have set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, third teachers. Jeremiah clearly said he has given you pastors according to his heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. You see, back then in that day and time, the liberty of teaching was allowed in the public assembly and was abused by unqualified persons. It is important for a pastor to know who is teaching and what they are teaching in the congregation. Second Peter 2 and 1 explains one of the reasons why. It says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable hearsays, even denying the Lord that bought them 
and bring upon themselves swift destruction. If there were false prophets and teachers then, that means there are false prophets and teachers now. Hebrews 13 and 7 told us, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, consider the end of their conversation. A teacher will face consequences when they don't have control of their tongue. And that goes for anyone in authority as well. Verse 2 says in, in James 3, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. The word offend here means to stumble or to fall. You can conduct, you can count on your finger those who have walked with God and have not stumbled. First, of course, is Jesus. Enoch walked with God and was taken. And it says Noah was perfect. And there are a few others as well. Of course, we are talking about stumbling with words we have spoken. The verse said, if any man offend not in word, or if anyone does not cause anger or feelings by his speech and the use of his tongue, the same is a perfect man. Perfect in this sense is able to keep every member of the body in subjection, mainly your mouth. If you control your mouth, you got a good start. But today, besides the tongue, you must control your gestures. You must control your moods, your eyes, and your sighs. Sometimes people get offended because of silence. People today get offended because of anything. That is why we must do as Paul said, herein do I exercise myself. To always have a conscience void of offense towards God and man. And that is why James 1.19 is so important. Being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. It is usually the tongue that always causes trouble. Let's examine some of the things man controls. Look at verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Man control and tame animals. Man can control the movement of the big ships and things. Man can control a car by the steering wheel and the temperature of a house by a thermostat. Notice how the smallest part controls the biggest. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And as small as the tongue is, sometimes the tongue talks too much. So much so that when you finish, you have caused a problem rather than solve the man the solution. There is such a thing as TMI with the tongue. The tongue will boast 
largely of what it can do and what it knows and say things it should not. This is why it is important for teachers to be qualified. If what you say is uncontrollable from the flesh, you harm others. Proverbs 12, 17 through 19 says, He that speaketh truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Honest and qualified teachers speak truth. Verse 18 says, There is that speaketh the lie, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Because of the tongue, Unwise, unwise speech is hurtful and causes injury. It also provokes you to anger. Verse 19 says that the lip of truth shall be established forever. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. You see, truth stands forever. The foundation of truth is indestructible. And the truth will make you free. But a liar, though he may at present be believed, as soon as the lie is detected, he then will contradict himself. A person of truth will stick with the truth because they know the truth and the truth is no lie. Look at verse six in James. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body. And setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. The tongue is like a spark. Just one word spoken can cause a war. We've seen this happen already. The tongue can divide, defy the whole body, whether it is in the church or in a family. If you let a person talk long enough, you can locate where they are just by listening. Verse 7 says, For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. I saw a commercial a while ago where a man put food in a pan for his dogs. He took two buckets, and the dogs put their head on the buckets with their front legs and the paws on the bucket. Then the man prayed. When he said amen, the dogs got off the bucket and went to their bowl to eat. You see, we can take the time and teach and control a dog, but we can't take the time and control the tongue. Verse 8 says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison." Some people's mouth can be so foul, you don't want to even be in the room where they are. Question, do we listen to ourselves when we talk? Without the Spirit of God, man will always open his mouth and put his foot in it. Verse 9 says, Therewith, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and wherewith cause we men, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Let me read that again. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the mouth, 
Out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things are not so to be. You see, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The same tongue is the instrument that expresses both. We must remember the tongue is a tool that says what comes from the heart. Changing the heart is the key to getting a handle on the tongue. This is why we search the heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now look at verse 11. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine, either a vine figs. So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. You see, an apple tree cannot bring two different types of fruit. A fountain can only bring one type of water. What goes into the fountain comes out of the fountain. What goes into your heart comes out of your mouth. So if we are God's vessels, we should be bearing one type of fruit. And the water we bear should be living water. Verse 13 says, who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Who among you claims to be wise and intelligent? One who truly is spiritual, although he can neither bridle nor tame other men's tongues, he can restrain his own. And being endued with knowledge, you are qualified to teach others. And by a holy life and chaste conversation, you show through meekness and gentleness, you're a Christian indeed by your works. Verse 14 tells us, but if ye have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. See, if in your heart you have the desire to get back at others, if you are under the influence of an unkind spirit, this is not the wisdom or character that comes from God. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. God is not the author of these. This wisdom was only your life view in it. This kind of knowledge leads to self-conceit and prompts a man to defend his own opinions. Looking at these three things, earthly is looking no higher than the flesh. It's not seeking God's wisdom, but stuck in man's ignorance. Sensual is living for the gratitude of the flesh, not the glory of God, only the glory of man. Devilish, authorized by devils or by those who serve devils. Being devious, meaning to do harm. Verse 16 says, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. In those times, the Jews were the most intolerant of all. It was a rule of conduct with them to kill those who would not conform to their law. Today, you can see the same things happening. There are those who will not accept you unless you follow and agree to their beliefs and rules. Verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, 
and easily to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Pure, that is, God's wisdom that is not mixed with man's. Peaceable, wisdom that is free of quarrel. Gentle, meaning to be considerate and kind. Easy to be entreated. Without difficulty, you can be addressed. Being full of mercy and good fruits, meaning you are compassionate and full of God's character. Being without partiality, which means you are not prejudiced or biased. And without hypocrisy, meaning without pretending to be what is not. Verse 18 says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Those who are possessed with the wisdom from above will sow seed which will yield fruit of, of, or God's character and will bring joy and comfort into the hearts. But the world itself is miserable. They remain miserable because they are at war with the truth and cannot receive it or know how to live it. With that, saints, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.